All right, happy Mother's Day. And this isn't just a day for a mom, it's a day for all of us to reflect, to remember, to revere the moms in our life. My dad uh, told me that when he was a little kid, he'd go to church on Mother's Day every year, and everybody who came into the church got a carnation, because everybody has a mom. But if your mom was uh, alive, you got a white carnation. If your mom had passed on, you got a red carnation. So I realize Mother's Day is kind of a bittersweet day. It's a great day. Maybe you had a really good mom. Maybe you had a mom and she's the greatest ever. Today's the greatest day in history. Maybe you had a mom that did the best she could. Or maybe you had a mom that had some issues. It doesn't matter. It's a day for all of us to reflect and remember and revere our moms. I think it was Mark Twain who said an ounce of motherhood beats a pound of clergy. So instead of having the clergy today, we've got motherhood. So we have uh, three ladies that I'm going to ask questions of them. I told them I was going to ask these questions. I'm going a completely different direction. So get nice and nervous. Let's start with this. Uh, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are and uh, maybe your mother's story, how many kids you have. Um, don't, you don't have to reveal your age because I think all of you are about 29, I think. But just uh, tell us, let's start with Anna down there at the end. There we go. Uh, my name is Anna, and yes, I have two kids. They are nine-year-old twins. Yay! Yay! Is that my name and That's, my kids? That, okay. What's it like having twins? Not that you would know how, what it's like. You only just, you just have the twins. What's that like? What's that been for you? Do you know what's funny? When we had our kids, all of our friends started having their second and so we would hear it like, you know, backyard barbecues about this shift from um, like one parent versus like the tag team, all hands on deck. And I remember Jordan and I looking at each other and saying, oh, that's what it's like to have one kid. Like <laughs> one parent and all our friends were going through this like big wide eyed of like, we all got to be involved with everything. So we didn't know any different that, that there was a break. Was the first year crazy? I don't remember a lot of it. <laughs> I see videos of the kids and I'm like, Wow, what was I doing? So it's a blur, but you know we're all we're all still here, so that's a win. All right, Patricia, tell us your story. Um, Patricia Zamora Montez. I am um, a mother of two sons and three, a one stepson and two stepdaughters, and I have a whole bunch of grandchildren, and I just love it. Um, my uh, story is. I had a single mom, and she was amazing. She taught me, she was the first one to teach me about um, the Bible. I remember sitting on her lap, five years old, and she would read the Bible to me. I don't know what she was talking about, but she always felt it was important. And um, I lost her three years ago, and um, she's amazing as a single mom. I mean, I, I see women out there struggling so much, and I see women who have families but when you're a single mom and you have three really naughty brothers that are always my brothers were not good to her they were really hard on her wow. but I always remembered her saying make sure that you are always looking at other people so that you don't make the mistakes that they make and I grew up with that strong feeling in my life so I never did it try to do nothing wrong um but yeah I have um some great uh great kids and I have um there's my brothers there. I have uh, three brothers, and one of them is the only, there's only one, one alive today. How many grandkids do you have, Patricia? Ooh, I have, so, um, let me see, I have two 
nine grandkids now. I, I, I owe that to my husband, Ray, because he, he's given me some beautiful grandkids, too. We Great. share our grandchildren. Well, uh, next is my favorite mom, even more than my mom. You're, you're the greatest mom I know. This is Lori. Tell us about yourself. Um, so we have uh, four kids and uh, 12 grandkids. I don't know when these pictures, well, you can see, but if you look really closely on that picture, oh, J.D., that wasn't, uh, Ben, there's two other ones that's like that. That one. Do you see somebody who's like, we were doing like a crazy picture, but do you see somebody who's like jumping from the diving board? He's kind of a little bigger, so you can tell that there's like a little perspective. That was kind of like fun. So anyway, that's, we have, uh, I have 12 grandkids and another one on the way, so we're very blessed. Is that right, 12? Do you know the birthdays and the name? I won't do that. No, I don't. Thank you for your grace. Okay. Um, now, you were a twin. Great. Uh, tell us about your mom, and because um, she just recently passed, right? But tell what was right. it like? You were twin. What was it like being a twin? You didn't know any. Same else. same thing as you, Anna. Was people would say, "What's it like being a twin?" And the obvious answer is, I don't know what it's like not to be a twin. So it's hard to compare. Um, for me, I think as twins, we got more attention, and my mom and dad behind the scenes did the crazy world. How do you do that? Um, but yeah, my uh, mom did pass away a uh, couple months ago, and um, I still have my twin sister and two brothers and my dad. Did your mom know she was having twins? No. So that's kind of a fun story if there's, like, you're playing two truths and a lie. I was an unexpected child because <laughs> my mom was put out, and she was expecting to wake up and have one kid, and there was two. And so my sister's name was planned. So-and-so in the family, or this name they liked, and this in the family, and mine are just two names that they needed to come up with. So they didn't know I was in there, too. Uh Let's, I'm going to ask each of you again. Tell us one thing about your mom that uh, is kind of helped you in life, something about your mom. Anna, go ahead and go first. My mom is probably one of the most positive, glass-half-full kind of people. We always call her um, the Pollyanna mom, for those of you that understand that reference, because no matter how bad something is, she'll always say, but... And I think as a kid, I know as a kid, it drove me crazy. It was like, just agree with me that everybody's wrong and the world's awful. And she never would. Um, now as an adult, it's something that I really admire. And I mean, she can see the good in anybody, in any situation, in ways that I just totally lack. Like, <laughs> it takes me a while to get there. Um, so I really admire that. And it's genuine. It's not like she's just being kind. Like, she really can see the good in any situation. So that's something that I definitely admire in her. Do you find yourself trying to do that as a mom? or? Well, I think as a teenager, I tried to, like, trip her up. Like, get her to, like, you know, like, really see it all as bad. And I was never successful. And I hear myself doing the same thing with my kids, where I kind of look around to see my mom in the room. Well, they'll, they'll share something with me, and I'll say, well, yes, but. And then I'm like, oh, my goodness. So uh, I always laugh when I hear myself doing that. 
Patricia, uh, I got to know your mom a little bit. She was a rock star. Uh, was there something that she taught you that kind of came through in your parenting? Oh, yeah. She, she taught me the word strength. She was, she was strong, just wow. She was just a trailblazer, you know. She was um, one of the original Apple computer employees that started with them in the Bay Area, and she actually worked with Wozniak and with um, Steve Jobs. And they were like side-by-side -side buddies. They went out to dinner. They did. My mom was a trailblazer. She came out strong. She had to leave school when she was young because she got pregnant with my older brother. But she went back to school. She educated herself. But strength was her, her number one thing to teach me, and I... I carry that. I carry that because she always said, you're not here for you. You're here to help other people. And when she left and my brothers left, their children became my children. And um, I think my, my very favorite scripture is um, Philippians 4, 13. Um, I can do ahead. all you're things. You're getting ahead of us. Oh, I'm sorry. We're okay, we're not there yet. Okay, no, we're not I'm there. sorry. But that was my, my strength. Strength. Okay, good, because we want to have that slide <laughs> go up. There's mama. Yeah. Lori, uh, your, your mom was an excellent mother-in-law. At one time, your mom went to China for two years to be a missionary there. And she told me at that time, she said, I'm the best mother-in-law in the world. And I said, how's that? She said, out of the country. So, um, I love it. What, what about your mom speaks into your parenting? Speaks into my parenting. Um, my mom seriously enjoyed helping people, and she liked um, fighting for the underdog. And um, even if it was, was or wasn't popular, that's who she was um, pouring into and supporting. And she was somebody who didn't like being in the limelight. She would, she would love being behind the scenes supporting, whether before or during or after. She didn't need to be seen or validated by anybody else. That was just an inner joy that she had to serve people and support people. Um, I asked each of you to uh, come up with a verse and share a verse and uh, talk a little bit about that with uh, being a mom. Anna? Yeah, so mine is Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Uh, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which is beyond anything we can understand. Did I fall off? No? Okay. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And uh, I grow up. I grew up. I'm growing up in a family of uh, warriors. Uh, I realize this as I dive more into my family history. And so this idea of not worrying about anything is so foreign to me. Like so, oh my goodness gracious, there's nothing that's been more revealed these last year and a half to me than that. Um, and yet this idea of being able to just hand it over to God about praying about everything um, and, and thanking him for all that he's done is something that I think as a mom of, you know, my kids, this is the first time I've been a mom, right? Like, like my kids only know me as mom, but they, they, I think they think in a lot of ways I've done this before and I haven't, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't for the record. And so, um, there's a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that they don't see, um, kind of you're saying about your mom, you know, and your parents. And, um, I want them to see a little bit more of the behind the scenes, not in a way where they're worried or overwhelmed about what's on my radar, but that they see a little bit more of the, 
imperfections and the struggles. Um, I'll share real quick. I remember it was the year the kids were born. Um, I heard an interview with uh, Barry Zito, who um, left the A's to go win another World Series with the Giants. But he was saying that he uh, grew up with parents that didn't know anything about sports. And his dad actually ended up quitting his job. I don't know if you guys know the story. His dad quit his job in order to help him advance in his baseball career. And his dad taught him everything that he knew about baseball until finally, you know, Barry graduated to like professionals teaching him. And it wasn't until he was later in life that he found out that his dad knew nothing about baseball and was actually going to bed every night trying to stay a chapter ahead of him in the art of pitching, like every baseball book he could find. And I remember hearing that story and thinking, wow, how cool if my kids think that I know exactly what I'm doing. And throughout the humility of parenting, I've realized I don't want them to think that. Like I want them to see at least some of the struggle and at least some of the mistakes so that they can also learn as I learn rather than this behind the scenes of I've got it all covered and then falling apart kind of at night as I'm reading the manual trying to get caught up to wherever they need me to be. So that's why the scripture speaks so much to me. Great. Patricia, you're also in Philippians 4, isn't that correct? Yep. 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I, I believe mine would be because when I was really young, like I said, my mom was a single mother. And she worked two jobs sometimes. And I remember going with her, and she volunteered. And I used to think, man, she barely has time for herself, let alone go out and help other people. And I remember being at a banquet one time, and they actually were honoring her at this banquet. And I was running around, going in the kitchen. I was young. I probably was seven, eight years old. But I remember everybody would just, oh, you're Lucy's mom, daughter. You're Lucy's daughter. And I would, yeah, that's my mom. But watching her even get up and not just wait. She was in the kitchen, kind of like, I guess, what I do sometimes. You know, I can't just sit down. I have to do stuff. But I, I looked at her and I watched her and I mimicked that, but I seen her help so many women who had been maybe thrown out of their homes and she'd bring these women in to live with us, women who were pregnant and they didn't have anywhere to go. And I just love that about my mom because she always told me that this world is not always going to be nice, but you can be strong for the people who are going through their, their struggle. And that is one of the greatest gifts that my mom gave me because now I can do that to help other people as well. And I just, I just love what she's done and what her legacy is leaving behind because I'm also doing the same thing with my brother's daughters. And you know, they've been through struggles, but I'm here. I got the first call at 7 o'clock this morning from my niece. She says, Thea, I love you. I just want to say thank you for always showing up. And that's all we have to do as moms is just show up. That's it. Are you in Philippians 4 as well? I'm not. Oh. <laughs> and I'm not, I can't even grab something else from there. Um, the verse that I chose that speaks to me about parenting is from 3 John. And there's only one chapter, but verse 4, and it's Paul, and he's writing about um, churches. But um, he says, I have no greater joy than this, than to hear that my children in, in ministry, but my children walk in truth. And that's the stage that stage that I'm in right now that our kids have all launched um, and sitting back praying for them absolutely but just cheering them on asking God to protect them and use them it's really a transition I have a 
my natural uh, tendency is to overfunction and make everything good. And as the kids have gotten older, I, I have to give myself permission and remind myself to back off and let them do it. And so they get the credit. And if something hurts, then they think, dang it, I don't want to do that next time. But it's not about me anymore. So, um, yeah. This has been uh, one of your life verses since, I think, maybe even before Trisha was born. I think you've mm -hmm. always had that yeah. maternal instinct of wanting to care for the people that um, God's put in your front row. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. A couple more questions for you. Here's one. I, uh, ben uh, Finney on our teaching team sent me an article yesterday on the mom burnout in 2021. And the article said, and Anna and Laura, you can speak into this because you're both counselors. It said that 93% of moms today said they're experiencing burnout. Yeah. Just speak into that. Anna, Lori, any comments on that? Confirmed. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's been a crazy year. I um, have been, um, a little funny side note, it's been, Jordy's been out of the office or out of the home working, essential worker this entire time. And so it's been me and the kids and distance learning and running a business and seeing therapy clients all in like, you know, 1800 square feet for uh, what was 55 official weeks. I counted. I needed wow. some credibility there or some big <laughs> validation maybe um, before the kids went back to school four hours a day. And week 57, Jordy got a new position within the company to where he was able then to work remotely from home. And I thought, what are the odds that for 55 weeks <laughs> he has been out of the house and week 57, which was actually the same week they transitioned from two days a week to four days a week at school, was the exact week that he was now allowed to work remotely. And uh, there was a lot of laughter and tears with that realization. And I haven't figured out what it is yet. I'm, I'm currently praying on it, even though it's week like 68 of what in that 55 weeks was just for me to learn to, um, it was just for me and the kids to experience. Um, it was just for me and my marriage to work through. Like, I don't know exactly what it is yet. And I don't know when it'll land in my heart, but I know with great certainty that those 55 weeks of being home and experiencing what I experienced um, was for me to learn. And if Jordy would have been there in that physical eight to five way um, of being home, I wouldn't have been able to learn it. And so the burnout is real. Um, but I think that it's also, I'm speaking more to it. I mean, even Lori asked me, how I was doing. And I said, I'm lonely. Like I'm speaking words that probably before I would have put on a smile and say, Oh my goodness, I am great. Where now it's like, man, I'm tired. Yeah. So it's real, but I'm, I'm, yeah. If you're lonely too, I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so you're asking me that question and it's just the two of us at home. And so home is pretty good. You have it great, um. you know, <laughs> <laughs> you have it really difficult. Really. Um, I, different than Anna, I'm still going to my office for either telehealth or for seeing clients. And um, honestly, I don't have a lot of moms coming in right now. I don't think they've gotten everything taken care of enough that they can feel like they can take care of themselves yet. I feel like everything's still, the ground is still shifting. Um, so I don't really see it on that side. But I totally believe you. Totally believe you. Here's the last question. 
Um, I asked each of you to share what's one tip you have. Just as a mom, give us a tip. Tell us what to do, moms. <laughs> one tip you have for us as, uh, as people. I think, I mean, being kind to yourself. You know, we talk so much about, you know, or at least to my kids, about be kind and use your manners and, you know, eat with a fork and all these sorts of things. And um, just being kind to yourself. Like, this is, this is the first time we're doing any of this as moms, as grandparents, as, as, as partners. Like, it's the first time. And so the ways that we can just be compassionate with ourselves and, and um, own our mistakes. I've got a rule in our family that we're a family that makes mistakes and cleans them up. Like, just being able to say, like, I made a mistake. I was impatient. I was unkind. Um, so that compassion towards us is so important so that we can then model it to, to those around us. Yeah. Kind of the same. I really have to say, I think the greatest thing my mom ever taught me was self-help. Even before self-help was in style, like it is now. Everybody's like, oh, you need self-help. One of the things I think that helped me more than anything is because when I was a married woman, I was married for 27 years and my husband passed away. And through the whole 27 years, I always felt like I had to do everything and be everything and that my kids didn't need for anything. And there's a lot of mistakes you make. We're not, we're not perfect. We're just saved. And God will forgive us for everything. We need to ask for forgiveness. We need to tell the people in our lives that you can be forgiven. But I think mostly we need to love ourselves just like God loves us. We need to give yourself a break. And go get your nails done. I did. I didn't stop. You know, I, that's the only thing. They, they're just horrible and hideous sometimes. So I would go get my nails done. And, it, and then one day God just brought that to my heart. No, don't do that anymore. Stop getting your nails done and start donating all that money because that's a lot of money. So there are other things that you can do to self-help. Join a gym. That was awesome, joining a gym. But, I mean, in this pandemic, I saw so many mothers suffer and just they were losing their mind I'm like hey let me take your kids for about an hour or two you guys go out go do something or just go by yourself go get some coffee but as a grandma I have that opportunity to do that in my church family and all of us take advantage of it each one of us should do that self-help isn't just for me it's for the people in our church family and our family get out there and help them because they're overwhelmed especially when you have twins I want to say so many different things. Um, let me say, make sure that you like your kids. Make sure that if you don't understand something about them, that you find out why. Make sure, I had a situation several months ago that um, when the grandkids did something, not on purpose, but did something, and it triggered a shame spot for me, and whoa, I was like, I turned into a different person. I was not happy with them, and I was not happy. I actually thought it was just them, but it was really, I was not happy with myself either, and not happy with my parents, and it just, um, I needed to work through that. I needed to find out what exactly was happening, and JD helped me figure that out, because I did not see it coming. And, um, but then things are resolved and now I like them again. And when I like somebody, there is all kinds of grace. In my family, I grew up, there was 
passive aggressiveness that went on and we didn't necessarily always like each other. But if you do the hard work to understand and like each other, it is so much easier. Can I say one more thing? Of course you can. Okay, I know there's like a lot of things, but. Go for it. um, On the back of my phone, I love what I did that. I have like a clear case and I have like a little heart and it's one for us and each one of our kids and each one of our grandkids. So I think that is cool. Then I have a little, it's called Hecky, you know, he is greater than I. That's like core of my view of life. And then I have a saying on there that says, what if my greatest accomplishment in life isn't something I did, but somebody who I raised? And I really feel like God has worked through me, through JD, to um, just show himself and his power. And that is just such a privilege for me to see that. And I'm just so, so, so grateful for those of you here who have loved our kids and so grateful for our kids. Wow, good, good, good stuff. You know, one of the bittersweet things about Mother's Day is you come to a day like this, you want to celebrate, but life is not perfect. You know, moms pass and um, people struggle with not having kids and there's just a lot, you know, this is not a perfect world. And also we start thinking about our moms and we realized they were not perfect. They were doing the best they could. We expected them to have done it before. I was a fifth child, but my mom was still making it up by the time I got there. And then you realize, boy, I, I messed up. I hurt my mom. I did some things that probably she didn't appreciate that much. And I blamed them on my sisters, but I, uh, you know, you come to this and you think, boy, I'm just not perfect. Um, here's the good news. Um, we do make mistakes, but God's the one who's cleaned it up. And on Mother's Day, we want to, again, as we always do every Sunday, talk about the ABC prayer where we can kind of start over. We could admit life's not perfect. I'm not perfect. I've messed up. I have blown it. I've, I can't save myself. I can't make it perfect. Even if I'm the greatest parent, I can't fix it. Um, I am lost. But God sent his son... Jesus to come and pay the penalty for all that and he offers complete forgiveness and if you're here and you're a parent and you think boy I just didn't handle that well I shirked my responsibilities or you're here I didn't treat my parents well the the good news is that Jesus came and he offers forgiveness for that and we can receive that forgiveness we can commit to him we can say God is good as I know going forward I'm going to do my best we're still going to mess up but we know if we uh, pray that ABC prayer, admit, believe, commit our lives to Jesus, he offers complete forgiveness. And he has a perfect place for us in heaven. So I just want to encourage you, Mother's Day, let's pray the ABC prayer together. Last thing, we have a, uh, a big challenge for you. And uh, it's kind of interesting. Here's a big challenge this week. Interview a mom. Somebody in your front row. There's been people in your life who God has placed there. And if there's a mom there, just ask some questions. Hey, what, how's this mothering, mothering thing going for you? You can ask, boy, 93% say they're burnt out. Are, are you? What can I do? Or maybe uh, one of the moms in your discussion group, which, uh, see what we did there? <laughs> Look at your front row. Get in a discussion group and also... Um, Uh, do the reading plan. Next week we're starting a new series called um, uh, Dress Code on the, uh, uh, the 
principles from Ephesians 6 on how to dress, so we want you here for that. But uh, today we're just so grateful for all of you, grateful for the moms. Thank you so much. I'm going to ask John, where's John, our MC? John, why don't you come up here? John, will you pray, pray us out here?